Well, thank you, Shane. That, uh, so, so great to hear that. I, I, you know, Shane shared that, uh, Pastor Shane shared that uh, story with me when inviting me to come along. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to use that as encouragement for you. You never know what you impart into someone's life. I'll be quite honest, and no disrespect, Pastor Shane, but I can't remember the sermon. I can't remember that particular day. I remember Shane. Uh, he was an impressive man, and uh, I had the amazing opportunity to get to know him while I was pastoring, yeah? But, you know, I, I didn't recall that event. And I just want to say, you know, sometimes, you know, we speak into the lives of people, we share things, uh, and we don't see the fruit, or we don't think we see the fruit of it. But you never know when God is working. You never know when, when, uh, when things are happening. And I just want to say, what an awesome time of worship this morning. I just sense a real presence of God, yeah. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that where the anointing is, then uh, the Spirit breaks yokes and destroys bondages, sets people free. And I really believe that's what God is going to do today and possibly free us up uh, in some things that, we, that are maybe a challenge in our lives or some things that we uh, are going through. I believe God is here. And uh, I'd just like you to open your hearts today and open your minds and to what the Lord has, wants to say today. Uh, you know, it's, as I said, it's a re- huge privilege for me to be able to be here and share. Um, it's a, a great privilege to have Pastor Mike as well in the front row with, uh, with Liz and Pastor Liz. And, uh, you know, they were just such inspirations to me and uh, been mentors to me and, uh, and Mike. And I spent uh, some time together and particularly... Uh, when I decided to leave the employment of the church and go off into uh, other areas of ministry, uh, Mike was just such an encouragement at that time. And uh, I, I won't tell you what he told me, but uh, it was a very strong encouragement. I can tell you privately sometime. Uh, but uh, it was, uh, you know, just he's been, this couple have been amazing in my life. I joked with them. Uh, we were recently on holiday, and I joked with, uh, with Pastor Mike that I said, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Shane has invited me to speak here today, and uh, the previous fellow that was in the church, uh, leading the church, uh, he'd never invited me. Um, so obviously he was, a, he was a little bit more insecure about inviting me along. But, uh, you know, Pastor Shane is, is very secure in himself, and, and, you know, he's not afraid of sort of competition or anything like that. And so uh, it was really, uh, thank you, thank you, Shane. I really thank you uh, for that. But... Um, you know, uh, we haven't seen many of you for, for a number of years. Uh, some of you, you don't know me, um, but I'm Tim Simons, and I'm married to the most beautiful woman in the world, Karen, for 35 years. And uh, she was so loved to have been here, but unfortunately, she's really not well this weekend. For her not to make this, uh, she really has to be sick. She literally was slept the whole day yesterday, the whole of night, night last night, and she um, is really taking some strain. So please remember her in your prayers. But she would love to have been here. But, you know, I, as you can see, I'm a little older. Um, I know I'm, I look really young, but I am getting old. And, uh, you know, when I look back upon my life and the, the favor of God and blessing of God in my life, you know, the first time I came to church, I was three weeks old. Um, and my parents brought me to church as a young child. And I don't remember much of the service. I think I slept through most of it. But, the, the, you know, I've been in church a long time. But, you know, God just keeps on surprising, just keeps on blessing, just keeps on, you know, as we pursue Him, and, you know, I just fall more and more in love with Jesus every day. I, I just, he's just, I just continually boasting on God and what he's done in my life and in our lives. And there's a scripture, uh, I'm not sure where it is, but I know David said this. Uh, and it's something I've held on to, particularly as I've got older. I've held on to the scripture, and David said, you know, once I was young, 
but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. And you know, there's a whole lot of great scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and my God shall supply all my needs, and all these wonderful scriptures. But there's that one has kept me in times of trial, in times of challenges, is that I just know that, you know, my Father will look after us. And I want to encourage you with that. Maybe you're going through a challenge. Maybe you're going through a time of trial. Just know that God will never forsake you. He's always there, and he'll keep you going. And so, anyway, let me get on to my sermon. Uh, this morning, uh, God laid something on my heart, which uh, has actually been sort of percolating for a while. I heard a message by Bo uh, Pastor Bill Johnson a, num uh, a few months ago. And uh, in this message, he mentioned that God dropped a phrase in his heart. And uh, he didn't really speak on it, but this phrase... I sort of caught, I caught something from this, and I've been working on uh, and just you know, meditating on what God wanted to say through this. And he, made this, he said this phrase was, a walled city without gates is not entirely safe. Or another way of saying it, a city with walls is not entirely safe. And, and, and as I said, this, this phrase sort of, you know, I started meditating on it for a few months, and, and I just feel that God has got a few things he's saying to me, and most times when I preach, I'm preaching firstly to myself, uh, and, and if you catch something from it, that's awesome. And, but this morning, I'd just like to speak for about 20 minutes, on 25 minutes on this message, which I've entitled, Walls Without Gates. The three key scriptures I'd like to just read quickly, and we can unpack that over the next little while. The first one is in Psalm 24, verse 9. It says, lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and the King of glory will come in. The next one is Psalm 87, verse 2. It says, The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwelling places. He loves the gates more than the, the temple, more than the marketplace, more than the streets. More, he loves the gates of Zion more than all other places, other dwelling places. And other scriptures, Isaiah 60, verse 18 and 19, it says, No longer will violence be in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. A few months ago, uh, Kyra and I had the privilege of being able to travel through the United Kingdom uh, we spent uh, just over two weeks just uh, spending a little bit of time in London, and then we, got, uh, we rented a car, and we just uh, drove all the way up to, uh, up to Edinburgh, spent a bit of time in Edinburgh, and came back and stopped at a number of small and large cities and towns along the way. And if anyone who's driven through the UK will know that pretty much every small town or every town or city has three things. It has a, a castle, it has a cathedral, and it has a pub. Um, now, we visited most of the first two, one or two of the others, but uh, most of the times we went to the castles and the cathedrals, and, you know, we saw these magnificent, majestic castles, and, uh, you know, they're just so beautiful and stunning. And what I noticed, around most of those castles, they had built these uh, amazing walls around the castle, uh, obviously to protect the, the castle from any intruders and things that would come into the, uh, to potentially, um, you know, impact the, the people within the castle. But also I noticed that every one of the castles, every one of the walls, also had huge gates built into them. 
And those gates were often very, uh, were open and they were welcoming people in. They were allowing people to come in and enjoy what was inside the, uh, the walls of, the, of, of the, the castle, inside the, the, the walls which were built, allowed them to come in and also allowed people to go out and um, you know, allow food to come in and resources to come in and support those who are inside the walls. Now, if there were walls with no gates, what that becomes is that uh, people inside the walls, when they, when they wake up in the morning, all they would see is walls. They'd have a very limited vision. They, would, they wouldn't be able to see what's out there in the world. They wouldn't be able to uh, see what's going on outside. They, they would have this limited vision. They would, the only food they would be able to eat would be the food that is grown within the walls. The only knowledge that they would have is what is shared within the walls. They would have a, if they had walls without gates, without the ability to reach out or interact with the rest of the world, they would have a, a very sad, limited life. You know, and while thinking about the scriptures and, and, and meditating on this, the Bible, as I've already said, says the Lord loves the gates of Zion. That the King of glory enters through the gates and that he calls the gates praise. And I, as I thought about this and meditated upon it, I was challenged myself to consider whether had I built some walls around areas of my life that has stopped the glory of God from entering? Had I built some walls around myself where I was becoming so isolated and so insulated that I was living a very limited and a, a, a limited existence and a limited life and I wasn't experiencing everything that God had designed for me and that even praise had not, uh, I'd limited praise and, and, and interaction with God because I didn't have gates where gates that were called praise. And so, what, what walls, what sort of walls can we have? What, what type of walls do we build around our lives? And you know, I recently watched a documentary, literally this weekend, and it was interesting, this documentary, they pointed out there are three things in life that every one of us probably struggle with at least sometime in our lives, that we all have to deal with, and those three things are fear, shame, and pain. Almost all of us, in some way in our lives, we're dealing with those three things, fear, shame and pain and often our response to these things that happen in life and is that we build these walls around us to help us try and deal with these things and so what sort of walls do we build first of all you know if someone hurts us someone criticizes us someone makes fun of our looks or, or our clothes maybe our accent maybe they make fun of the color of our skin and and what we can do is then often build a wall around us because we don't want to get hurt we don't want to have that into our lives and, and, and we build this wall and we cut ourselves off from other people to protect us ourselves from getting hurt and we, 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 we isolate ourselves. Perhaps we step out and do something in faith, you know, we, we share the gospel with a, someone on the street or, or a family member or, or a friend and, and they reject us, they push us back and you know, maybe we apply for a job or, and then we, we get rejected or we try a new skill and it doesn't work out and, you know, we, we, we try and write a song and no one wants to hear it and, you know, something happens and, and, and you know, we, we, we try and form a relationship with someone and we get pushed back and often we can then say, well, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to step out in faith again. I, I, I'm not going to try that again. And we build this wall around ourselves. Some of us, and to be honest, I've got this to a degree and it's, is the imposter syndrome, where we realize that if people found out that we're not as good as they think, that they're going to look down on us. They're going to think, who do, are we? 
at the end of the day. This lack of vulnerability, this, 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 this fear of being exposed in some way, where people maybe think higher of us than we actually are. And so what we do is we can build this wall around us to protect us and, 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 and ensure that people, or prevent people from seeing our shortcomings and our insecurities. A big wall that we can build around our lives can come from fear. We have fear for circumstances and situations and people and, and fear of, of, of losing our jobs or fear of, uh, of, of you know, losing our finances or whatever it may be and you know, just fear of life. And we saw this in South Africa. When, when I grew up, the walls that we used to have around the house, literally the wall that we had around the house I lived was that high. As a three, four-year-old, I used to sit on this wall quite comfortably. I could climb on it. But by the time I bought my house, the walls were that high because as, uh, as um, uh, crime started to escalate within South Africa, we just started building higher and higher walls. And so not only now are the walls that high, but there's razor wire across the top of the walls. And not only is there razor wire across the top of the walls, you electrify them as well to make sure that people don't come in and, and, and steal from you or, or, harm, or harm you. And so what fear can do is we just build higher and higher walls around us, you know, we can put walls around our relationships. I, I, I find this often when uh, young people in groups of eight or nine or ten hang out and then two of them pair off and become a couple, they can often just pull away from the group. And they, you, you find that they just, they're so into each other that they, they just isolate themselves from every, anyone else. And it's easy to do that in relationships. And, you know, they, we, we can build walls around our, our friendships and our relationships. We can wall around, walls around our jobs, our assets, our time. And we can become very selfish and say, look, I, you know, I don't want to share my life with someone else. I, I don't want to do that. I, what I've cre created or what I've um, uh, received and what I have and what I've worked for, this is mine. I deserve it. No one can take it away from me. And so we can build that wall around it. As immigrants to New Zealand, I think it's very... Uh, prevalent that we can do that the same thing, do the same thing. We can build walls around our relationships uh, because we have a connection with someone from the same country we come from. I find that, you know, we have these sort of communities of South Africans all living on the in Browns Bay on the North Shore. Or <coughs> we have communities of Chinese and communities of Indians, communities of Koreans, and, and, and I can understand it because I come from South Africa. I can understand the desire to spend time with people who, who have the same culture and eat the same food and talk the same language and all those sort of things. But you know what? We miss out on so much by not interacting across culturally with other people. We have amazing people. Probably, the, the, you know, in South Africa, we had apartheid, and probably the biggest sin of apartheid was that it robbed cultures from interacting with each other. As a white person in South Africa, I never interacted with black people, and when I did have that opportunity, I was just blown away by the amazing people I met and their stories and the things they shared and encouraged me, and I was able to share with them, and they missed, we used to miss out on that because we were separated. We built walls around ourselves, and we can do the same in New Zealand, and of course the poor Kiwis just get squashed in the middle of it all. I encourage you to don't build walls like that around you. We can build walls around our theology, the things we believe about God, the things we believe about the Bible. 
You know, we, we, can, we have, you know, build walls around our view of heaven and hell and eschatology and salvation and women's roles in church and homosexuality and abortion, the Jewish nation. There's all these things. And, you know, it's good to have an opinion about these things. It's good to have a view. But when we build walls and we refuse to listen to anyone else, we refuse to engage in conversation, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm going to heaven, you're going to hell, we end, we end up having a problem because we're building the walls around our theology as well. And you know, one of the things about getting old, often people, when they get old, they become more conservative and, 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 and sort of firm in their ways. But to be honest, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. I mean, I've preached messages, and I've looked at some messages I preached like 10 years ago, probably in this church. I look at them now, and I think, mm, I'm not sure if that was actually scriptural. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of challenged by that. And I'm continually wanting to learn. I'm continually wanting to interact. And, and, and open those walls. You know, I came from a church that was like this. I grew up in a little uh, Pentecostal church, and, you know, we, 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 we believed we were the only ones going to heaven. Um, it was a little Assemblies of God church. We had 50 people. Uh, we were quite conservative. All women had to wear hats uh, in the church. Uh, otherwise, they weren't allowed to come to church. Um, they, um, you know, we only had an organ in church because a piano was too honky-tonk um, in those days. Um, we didn't know raising hands. Uh, no clapping, uh, no drums, none of that sort of stuff. Uh, but there was an Assembly of God church about 10 kilometers away from where we were. They had all that. They had, uh, you know, drums and guitars and great worship, and they had fun. And we were convinced that we were going to heaven, they were going to hell. You know, I mean, we built such a wall around ourselves. In fact, there was a joke, there's a joke that when we get to heaven, uh, that literally there'll be a, a place with a wall around it, and our church will be in the middle thinking that we're the only ones there uh, when we get to heaven. But you know, we can do that so easily without even realizing it. You know, we can build walls around our sin and our shame. When we do things that we know doesn't please the Lord, when we do things that, you know, could hurt our families, our spouses, our friendships, our health, our relationship with Jesus, and we become shameful and we can build a wall around our shame as well because we... We are embarrassed and don't want to allow anyone to speak into our lives. I mean, walls, in principle, are actually not bad. Walls are good things. We need to have walls around us. They provide protection and security. God called Nehemiah to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Job 1 verse 10, it says, You, God, have always put a wall, around, a wall of protection around him, being Job, and his home and his property, and you've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. And so, yes, we do need walls. We do need margin. We do need protection. We do need to have some walls around us to, to keep us safe. So why do we need gates then? Why do we need gates? There's a couple of reasons, I believe. You see, I believe a wall without gates becomes a prison. If you only have a wall around you and no gates... It becomes a prison. And our world, our whole world will become very small and insulated. We become isolated. We become small-minded. And the reality is that everything and anything, sorry, everything and everyone within the wall eventually dies if we build walls around ourselves. Why do we need gates? Psalm 24 verse 9, I read the scripture. It says that the gates provide access to the king of glory. We need to have those gates in our, in our lives. We need to have those gates so that the king of glory can come in. 
you know, if you haven't felt the presence of God for a while, if you haven't felt the presence of the King of Glory for a while, maybe we have some walls around us that are preventing us. You know, we have had wonderful worship today, and I, I love what Pastor Boyd said, uh, Boyd Ratnaraja said at our conference this year. He said, you know, this is not the worship team, the people standing out front here. We are all the worship team when we come to worship God. They're helping us stay in tune and kind of helping us with the words, but we are all the worship team. And, you know, we can often build walls around ourselves. It's like, I'm not really into worship today. I don't know. I can't feel God. You know, I, this is not really my song. You know, I think we can build those walls around us. And the Bible says uh, the gates will be called praise. The walls will be salvation, but the gates are praise. And if we want to enter into a praise and worship with God and, and give Him the glory that He deserves, we're going to have to build some gates into our wall, open them up so that the King of glory can come in. Gates provide access for trusted people to speak prophetically into our lives. They provide advice and support and guidance and encouragement. We need a gate for others to be able to, to speak in our lives and help us walk our journey with us. You know, years ago I read a, sorry, I heard a message by Pastor Paul Scanlon and uh, the title of his message was, The Key to Your Miracle is in Your Relationships with Others. And his key scripture in his sermon was around 2 Kings 4 and the story of the, the widow uh, with the oil and Elisha and how she didn't have any oil. And so Elisha said to her, go to all your friends and neighbors and get jars from them and bring them into your house. And when she did so, the miracle happened and all the jars were filled with oil. Imagine if she had a wall around her when it came to her relationships with her friends. Imagine if she had a wall around her where she didn't know her neighbor's names. But she had a, an open door, even though she was in her circumstance, she had an open door, she had an open gate, so she was able to go to her, her neighbors and the people around her. And they became the, the, the conduit for her miracle. They became the, 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 the key part of the miracle because if she didn't have a relationship with her friends and the people next door and an open door and an open gate, she would not have been able to get the jars into her house and she would have had a very small miracle. The key to your miracle could be in your relationships, but we have to have open doors for that. Gates open our vision to see opportunities. If we just have a wall around us, all we see is the wall. But when we gate, have gates that can open, we can see opportunities and see what God has got for us, His plan, His purpose for our lives and, and solutions and for, for our challenges. We're going to see what that, that couple are doing with their marriage and how that's going to help our marriage. We're going to see what that couple and, and, and those people are doing in their, in their finances. We can see what that couple is doing in their, in their spiritual walk. We can see what others are doing and we can learn from that. And that's why it's so important to come to church, obviously, so we can look outside the walls and see what God is doing and be inspired by that. Gates enable us to see the enemy as well. You know, we have a, an enemy that's going around like a roaring lion. He wants to attack us. And, you know, you think that walls are safe. And going back to what Bill Johnson said, a wall city without gates is not entirely safe. A wall city is safe, but not entirely. Because if you've got walls, you can't see what the enemy's doing outside. They create a false sense of security. And, you know, history records in, in 52 BC, the famous Roman Empire, uh, Emperor, uh, Julius Caesar, he had his, what was arguably his greatest victory in a place called the Battle of Alesia. And essentially the enemy, which was the Gaul army, they had about 80,000 troops uh, were stationed within the walls of the city. <coughs> Excuse me. And Julius Caesar knew that he couldn't defeat this army 
with conventional warfare. They were just too secure, and, and he, he, couldn't, he had to come up with another plan. And what he decided to do was to starve them out. And over a period of one month, he built 40 kilometers of fortifications around the walls of the city of Alicia. 40 kilometers of fortifications in one month. I really wish that whoever designed that worked for Auckland Transport or Auckland City. To get that sort of work done in that time, that's incredible. But these fortifications were designed for twofold. One was to keep the Gaul troops inside and locked inside their walls and, 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 and prevent them from leaving the city. It was also to stop help coming from other troops and other countries and other places to come and help them. And eventually, he won the victory. He effectively starved out the entire Gaul army over a period of time. You know, and I really believe that's a picture of what the enemy's doing. When we build walls around ourselves and we don't have gates so we can see what he's doing, I really believe he can come and put a wall around us. And you know, we don't know what's happening and what it does, it not only will cause us to starve to death in the walls, but it'll actually prevent help from reaching us as well. Help from coming to, 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 to come in, in, into our situations and, and to bring us, uh, bring us help and bring us relief from what we are facing. You know, we can be so preoccupied in protecting ourselves, closing ranks, not interacting with others, that we don't see the enemy building his fortifications. And the last thing here is I believe gates also enable us to be salt and light in the world. You know, we are called to reach out to those that are hurting outside. We are called to, to be a city on the hill, not to be hidden. We are called to go into the highways and the byways. We are called to reach out into and, 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 and make a difference in the world that we're in. You know, I, I, I really believe that, and we just see so many examples of, of churches that have become so insular, and Christians have become so insular and focused. And that's unfortunately going back to the church I grew up in. It was, don't go into the world. You're going to get tainted by the world. No, no, we built these walls, and we ended up dying as a church. God wants us to create walls. And you know, this message may only be for me, but I just really believe there may be some of us, if we reflect on our lives, that there's certain areas we built walls around. And then this particular point comes to my last, last thing I'd like to say today, and that is I, recent, I was recently reminded of a sermon I preached a number of years ago, and I may well have preached it even here. And um, uh, if I did, I'm sure you'll remember it because uh, it was a great sermon. Um, but it was called Destiny versus Destination. Destiny versus destination. You know, I firmly believe that every one of us has a God-ordained destiny for our lives. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for our lives. However, our destination in life is actually not determined by God's plan for our lives. Our destination in life is determined by the choices we make. You know, Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full, but the Bible says, I've set you before you today life and death, blessings or cursings, choose life. You see, God, uh, when Jesus was sent to the world, he sent the world to, so that every one, every person could be saved and could be set free from the grips of sin. That is the destiny that he had for every person on the earth. But the destination is something different. It's the choices that they make. And you see, folks, we have to make a choice every day. The destiny for the children of Israel was the promised land. 
the destination for those who received the promise firsthand was to die in the wilderness. Why did they die in the wilderness? Why this disconnect? That they didn't fulfill God's destiny for their lives. Because they built a wall around themselves. They built a wall, not a physical wall, but in a sense a, a, a spiritual wall around themselves of insecurity and fear and small-mindedness around themselves. And it actually denied God's destiny for their lives. And I just want to encourage you today, as followers of Jesus Christ, what walls have we built around our lives that have stopped us from experiencing the destiny that God has for us? Yeah, walls are for a place of safety, but the gates are placed for the access of the King, and glo King of Glory to come in. Amen. That's what God, I believe, is destined for each one of us. That's what God wants us to experience, the King of Glory coming in. You know, I, as I said, I don't know about you, but I need more of the King of Glory in my life. I want more of his power and his presence. I want more of his wisdom and his knowledge. I want more of his intimacy. You know, I, I just can't get enough of the king of glory in my life. But to do that, I need to have gates and not cut him out and not push him back from that. I really believe that our gates, our walls, sorry, are called salvation, but our gates are called praise. And so my encouragement for you today is that maybe just consider, have you built Walls around parts of your life. What are the things that God has shown you to say, you know, in that area you've isolated yourself? In what that area that I'm not being able to fulfill, I can't, God even can't even fulfill his plan for your life because we've got the wall around. We haven't opened up the gates. You know, and I believe there's possibly some people here today, I don't know everyone, and, but, uh, you know, maybe you built some walls when it comes to having a relationship with God. Maybe you know about God. Maybe you've been coming to church a few times. Maybe you're here for the very first time. And something's brought you here. And maybe you're seeking something. And when you reflect on your life, you've built this wall around you which has stopped a relationship with God. And I, I just want to give you the opportunity today to break through that wall, open up the gates, and allow God to come into your life. You see, when he comes into your life, everything changes. Circumstances we face, challenges we face, He is there to walk with you and to be with you. He's there to remove the shame and the pain that we experience from the past lives that we've lived, from the, the sins that we've committed. He comes in and He removes us and He cleanses us, makes us brand new. And so in a moment, I'm going to say a prayer. And I'd, if that is you and you'd like to say, today I want to open my life I want to open the gates to the presence of God and allow him to come into my life, transform me, make me brand new, remove my stains of the past life. Then I want you to pray that prayer with me, just in your heart, just pray it along with me, and then I'm going to just thereafter just say another prayer for you. So if you wouldn't mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes, and if this is a moment where you feel that you want to open the gates, to allow God to come in, to come and transform your life. Just say this after me. Say, dear God, I thank you that you love me, you care for me, that you've got a plan for my life. And even though I haven't been following you, I want to invite you into the gates of my heart. 
I know that you've been knocking on my door of my heart, and I want to open that door now. I want to open that gate, allow you to come in and transform my life. I want you to forgive my past, to remove my sins, make me a brand new person, and I want to have a relationship with you that will last forever. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer while heads remain bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer today, maybe you prayed it for the very first time in your life, or maybe you've been, you prayed it one time many years ago and, and you've kind of walked away and you've built these walls around your life and you've decided today, today's the day I'm going to open up. Open up the gates and allow the King of Glory to come in. Then I'd like to know if that's, I'd just like to pray a prayer for you and I'd like to know if that's you. And so, I'm going to have a count to three, and on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, I'd just like you to just raise your hand just for a, just for a short time until I acknowledge it, and then you can put it down again, and then after that, I'm going to pray for you. So if you want to open those gates today and you prayed that prayer, on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Anyone here today? Thank you. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, I see that hand as well. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for those that responded to your message today. God, I just pray that you give them the strength and the courage to open up the gates of their hearts to you. Lord, just protect them, be with them. Lord, just make yourself so real to them that they'll never be the same again, that their past is forgiven and forgotten. And Lord, that you're going to take them into your destiny. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. God bless.